right, man. We in this bitch, man. Episode 112 of A Thin Line Between Genius and Insanity Podcast. Hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee! Hey, right, you know who the fuck it is, man. I know why you're here. <laughs> Let's get this fucking show on the road, man. It's time to sign on. Create greatness. Let's get this shit rocking, man. This is worse than killing time. Yeah, but you'd be amazed at how often the small, neglected things become most important. I just got a feeling we are missing something. Maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. Maybe I should take on something less challenging. You do what you are, Jesse. You mean you are what you do? No, I mean you do what you are. You're born with a gift. If not that, then you get good at something along the way. And what you're good at, you don't take for granted. You don't betray it. What if you do betray your gift? And you betray yourself. That's a sad thing. Welcome to Raw is OG! Alright, man, you know the fuck that nigga play on me, man. Yes! <laughs> what the fuck is up, man? What's pop with y'all, man? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the third line between Genius and Insanity Podcast, hosted by yours truly. Oh, gee! Alright, man, now run that shit back. Turn off the 808s real fast, man. Turn off the fucking beats. <laughs> I am the flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest motherfucking host of them all. Oh, gee! Hatch, man, what the fuck is up with you? You know what the fuck it is, man. What's up with the people? 112 times around the motherfucking sun, man. What the fuck is up? On the grind 200. This shit don't stop for a motherfucking soul. I want to say shout out to everybody around the world that's tapped in, joined the conversation. I truly appreciate all the motherfucking love. Let's keep this empire break by motherfucking break. Hopefully you're out there looking good, feeling good, stay safe. Whole lot of shit. <laughs> it's a whole lot of motherfucking shit. Um, you know, since the last episode, man. You know, it's been a slow news week. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's been a slow motherfucking news week. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, you know, I'm kind of caught in this space, right? To where it's like, I'm starting to understand how media is put out. And when I say it, I mean, you know, everybody know I'm big at sports, right? So obviously, we all know the biggest thing in news right now is the whole DeMar Hamlin thing. I want to start this podcast off by saying, get well soon, DeMar Hamlin. As I record this episode right now, I have no new updates. Um, so if anything has came out and I'm sounding like a dumbass right now, my apologies. But I want to say get well soon to DeMar Hamlin. Um, very scary moment. Very scary moment in sports history type shit. Um, and it's weird because I've always been that person to um, <laughs> always say, damn, I've never seen such and such happen in sports. And you always hear the, the situation about um, in basketball, about players collapsing on the court and things of that nature. You hear about the Rudy Tom Jonovich shit where he get punched in his face and damn near lose his life. You hear about all these things, but I always said I've never seen somebody damn near lose their life on the, on the field. I seen the whole Ryan Clark. I was watching that shit live and Ryan Clark had the big hit collision and was fucking on the ground. That was my first time ever watching football and seeing somebody down after multiple fucking commercial breaks. You know what I'm saying? 
So I've seen big hits. But the other night, Monday Night Football, Washington Cincinnati Bengals versus Buffalo Bills, highly anticipated game, one of the biggest games of the year. So every they had a lot of eyes on this fucking game. And <laughs> I was making tacos. <laughs> I, I switched it up to Taco Tuesday and made them on Monday and said, fuck it type shit. Nigga was making tacos, and I didn't necessarily see the play live. I seen, like, literally the, right after the play, I looked up, and he that's when he collapsed. I didn't actually see the actual play until they seen the replay, and I seen I didn't really miss much. It wasn't a one of those hits you look at and say, oh, my fucking God, make sure he's okay, get him on the sideline, give him the blue tent type shit. But it was one of those hits you see in everyday normal, you know, that's, a, that's an everyday tackle, that's an every play tackle you see. You can damn near see that tackle on dinner every fucking play in football. And you see a man collapse, and he has to get CPR and ambulances on the field, and the game is being delayed fucking down there an hour, you know what I'm saying, after multiple commercial breaks. Nobody knows what's going on. You see the uh, the, uh, the Bengals players and the uh, and the Bills players. You see these all these players on knees crying and shit like they just sent a dead body. And I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck? I'm in total disbelief because I never thought I would see that. And to see it play out the way it did, to see a, a, a tackle to where you didn't see helmet to helmet. You didn't see, you know what I'm saying, a, a hit stick, a short stick. You didn't see none of that. You seen a regular fucking tackle on T. Higgins. Not somebody that's known for, you know what I'm saying, bringing the pain type shit. You see a normal fucking tackle. And you, then you see somebody get up and fucking collapse. And now they fucking fighting for their life. You know, people... Certain people can take that. I turned on Undisputed the next day, which I'm going to touch on a little bit later. I turned on Undisputed the next day, and I didn't see Shannon Sharp, a former NFL player. Because his brother had an injury early in his career, who was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He had an injury to his career where he could have been paralyzed, had a neck injury. So that triggered something for Shannon Sharp. I wanted to see how all these former players acted, because I know somebody who played football on a high school level. When I see somebody get hit, or make a tackle, and next thing you know, they collapsing on the field. I'm fucking terrified. There is no more football for me. That's one thing about me, man. You know, I get asked a lot of times, why didn't I play football in college? Why didn't I go on to the next level and do things of that nature? Yeah, the talent was there. The skill was there. But I knew I didn't want that shit bad enough to go through that. See, people never think of the things that can't happen. Everybody always say, I'm willing to die for this shit. I run through a wall for this shit. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm just being honest. People always have this warrior mentality when they're talking about football. I'm not a fucking warrior, B. I'm not, I'm not putting my body on the line for no fucking leather football, no pig skin. I'm not doing that. So that was my mentality of why I didn't want to go to the next level and try to pursue this shit because I knew I didn't love that shit enough to go head-to-head with motherfuckers. I'm not doing the Oklahoma drill over and over again. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not putting my body through that shit because I was afraid of things like this happening. That's what I was afraid of. I'm a scary motherfucker. And it's like it took something for... (laughs) It took something for this to happen for everybody to realize the severe danger that's actually taking place in football every fucking play, every fucking Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, even Saturday in college. I seen the play from college. Um, I forget what, what the teams were. 
It was a wide receiver, dude going for the ball, slammed his head on the fucking ground, and was stuck in the feeder position. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on with him. We seen two earlier this year get knocked the fuck out, and his fingers was looked like they was broken, throwing up gang signs and shit. We see, we see these things all the time, and we always brush it off because we see a player get up. I just told y'all about, what was that, last week's episode? I talked about the whole thumbs up shit. When I was talking about Anthony Davis, how we look, how when players get hurt, the crowd, you know what I'm saying, they clap and shit when the player gives the thumbs up. See, we didn't get a thumbs up Monday. We still don't know what the fuck's going on with DeMar Hamlin. See, usually when things happen like this and we see the player give the thumbs up, all right, it's back to football. People don't really trip off what the fuck they just saw. People don't really trip off seeing Tua get his shit slammed on turf. People don't trip off that shit. People don't trip off a nigga that RG3 hit when a nigga done had his fucking leg amputated in front of 60,000 people. A nigga named Holy Nada fucked his shit. Holy fucked him up. That's what the fuck he did. But it's like when we see players give the thumbs up, when we see players getting carried off the, off the field and off the court, we, we like, all right, back to our regular schedule program. No, it took something like fucking DeMar Hamlin, a person who, from all accounts, is like a very fucking good guy. He looks like a very good guy. He does the, he does the whole giving back to the youth shit. He did the whole toy drop. I had the, the GoFundMe and stuff set up already. Shout out to, shout out to, 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 to citizens, Americans, to people, to everybody that donated to that GoFundMe. It started off with a goal of $2,500. Now that shit is over $5 million. It sucks that a man has to almost lose his life for the mess to get out there, but we understand that the donations for him fighting for his fucking life. So it sucks that it takes such such scary, tragic shit to happen for us to realize the danger that these people are putting their bodies through every fucking game. Practice, primetime football. The games you don't even fucking watch. It's a nigga out there that can fucking end up like DeMar Hamlin. And I want to say get well soon, DeMar fucking Hamlin. Because this shit is sad, man. It truly is sad because I don't know what the fuck to come in here and talk about. I've been watching ESPN and Fox and all that shit. Niggas don't know what the fuck to talk about. Because don't nobody really give a fuck about Donovan Mitchell dropping 71 points. Don't nobody care about Giannis 55. Don't nobody care about LeBron dropping 40 pieces back to back. Don't nobody care about that shit. We all want to know what the fuck is going on with DeMar. I'm not for sure I knew who DeMar was. It don't fucking matter. I knew who the nigga was on that day. On that play right there, I knew exactly who the fuck he was. He is the most important motherfucking player in NFL history right now. Because we've never seen this shit. I'm seeing Keyshawn Johnson get on 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 uh uh what's it what's it called? KJZ, his show on ESPN. He said when he was in uh in '97 or something like that, there was a player that collapsed on the court. I mean on the field. So people are starting to say that this shit like this has happened before, but I've never seen it. And I wish I've never saw it. Because when you see somebody needing CPR, my mind is that nigga's dead. When you see somebody getting CPR for 10 minutes, that nigga's dead. The simple fact that they, they, they restored his heartbeat, that he's actually in, you know, so they said he's, they downgraded from um, critical to serious condition. Something like that. I know they downgraded from critical to where now he's he was receiving less oxygen from machines and shit like that to where dude is actually fighting for his fucking life. 
And like I said, he seems like a very good fucking guy. Very good fucking guy. Only 24 years old. I'm starting to hate talking about niggas that's younger than me, fam. Like, like, dog, I'm getting old and I'm starting to talk about a lot of niggas that's younger than me that's going through shit that I couldn't even fathom. We'll just talk to y'all about Tyrell Tyler, 22 years old, retiring from the NBA because of anxiety. Now I'm talking about a 24-year-old who's playing the game he loved, doing the shit he trained his whole fucking life for. For now he have a cardiac arrest of making a fucking a tackle. Come on, man. Like this life shit come at you fast, man. And I just want to say get well soon, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, I'm not usually the motherfucker that pray for people. That's usually just not me. Uh, now I don't know, you know what I'm saying, I'm against it or nothing like that, but just looking back on I've never been that guy. And I can honestly say the night I was making my tacos, I prayed for bro. I've been praying for bro ever since. Every every time I want to, you know, say speak my mind to the Lord or or to the to the higher ups type shit, I've mentioned Demar Hamlin's name because it's, it's it's one thing for motherfuckers to die, man. It's tragic shit. Like I always told you, if you gonna if you if you gonna die young, bro, it gotta be some tragic shit for me to really for the touch me. You can't be gang banging, you know what I'm saying, in the trap. And nigga kick in the trap and shoot that bitch up and now you want me to say R.I.P. you. Nah, nigga, you, it's a trap for a reason, nigga. It's only one way in, one way out. <laughs> but shit is bound to happen. But when it's tragic shit like this, when you see a young man fighting fighting to play for the, the, the game that he grew up loving, fight, living his dream, you see this happen to him, his mom in the stands, his mom then comes to the fucking game to watch her son Fucking have a cardiac arrest in front of 60,000 people there in person and millions watching. Nobody, his mom didn't want that. So I want to say, you well soon, DeMar Hamlin, man. It's fucked up. It's truly fucked up. And, I, and I've seen that people on TV have had the same response that I have. If you find yourself seeing some shit that's so shocking that you don't know what to say, that the things that you do so you find yourself being repetitive because you, you find yourself trying to be so fucking um, sympathetic to the situation because you truly don't know what the fuck is going on. And we truly don't know what his condition is going to be. We don't know if this, this is not fighting for his life. He ain't fighting for his fucking leg like RG3. He ain't fighting for, you know what I'm saying, his NFL career. He ain't fighting for that shit. We fight and say, this nigga gonna live or not? So get well soon, man. Get well soon. Of course, I'll be bringing you guys updates as this, as the story progresses. Um, because this is this is this is crazy. This is fucking crazy. But I, I never thought I'd say some shit like that. Um, but moving on to Skip Bayless. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody know I fuck with Skip Bayless, man. I met Skip Bayless in person. He was back on first take, like his last year on first take. Uh, it was Molly's first year. Um, they did the travel. They came out here to Phoenix. I went to the show live. I was in the audience. Um, I was actually getting some – I got a lot of fucking TV time, too. It was actually pretty cool. Um, Sammy Watkins came through. Um, Amari Cooper came through. Um, at the end, I took pictures with Molly, took pictures with Skip. Stephen A got the fuck up out of there, and they claimed he was busy or some shit like that. Um Skip Bayless is a cool dude. He's a cool ass dude in person. Um, he's not as angry and as, as haterade filled 
as you think he is when you see him on TV. Uh, let's get better guy and, and, and some shit this past week. Um, and on the screen, if people that's watching on YouTube at OG Hacks TV, ring that bell, drop a like, subscribe to the channel, all that good shit the YouTube is say. Um, I got on the screen Skip Bay's catching heat and also the end of Undisputed. Now, I'm going to touch into the end of Undisputed because this is something I've been talking about. I've been mentioning, you know what I'm saying, around the crib for the last couple of weeks now. I can just, you can just see certain shit coming. Um, and, you know, with this whole DeMar Hamlin situation, once it get, once it, uh, again, get well soon, you had Skip Bay's recent tweets. And one of, one of those tweets, Skip Bay's pretty much, uh, Acknowledge the fact that what happens to Demar Hamlin, and also he was like, "How can the NFL, you know, some move forward with this game? How can they reschedule it? The mean this game meant a lot, and at the moment, it really means nothing because it all seems so irrelevant due to you know Demar Hamlin." And he caught a lot of fucking backlash for that. And everybody was hitting me up, asking me why I'm not was I mad about Skip Bayless, and I'm like, "Nah, because I can fucking read." See, you gotta understand, bro. Skip Bayless is, some, is one of those dudes that he can't really say shit because he's already pre- expected to say some, some, you know, some salty ass shit. Now, Skip Bayless is a fucking journalist. You know what I'm saying? Skip Bayless is somebody that's been in the media, you know what I'm saying, for nigga damn it, 40, 50 damn years at this point. So Skip Bayless knows he needs to use certain words. To make shit come across exactly how he wants it to come across, but it's not—it's it, it, not the simple fact that I, I think Skip Bayless was being disrespectful to Demar Hamlin like everybody else did. I want to find the exact tweet for you guys so I can make sure y'all understand what the fuck I'm saying. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. God damn, this nigga tweet a lot. Fuck. Well, while I'm doing that, okay. Fuck, okay. Man, fuck that. He tweets too fuck. Uh, you know, I was going to try to find a tweet for y'all, B. <laughs> this old-ass nigga tweet entirely too fucking much, man. I ain't never seen an old-ass nigga tweet that fucking much. But I didn't get mad scared, bitch, because I can fucking read, bro. Like, I pride myself on being able to read some shit. But like, I, I was taught to shit at a very young age. <laughs> but I'm not mad at Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless just has to understand that there's certain things he shouldn't even comment on. Because no matter what he says, he's not going to win. People got on there talking about Skip Bush should be fired. People talking about he he ain't shit. He a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? DeMar Hamlin's fighting for his life and you worried about the game. He never said he was worried about the fucking game. What the man was saying was the game was of significant importance. And he was saying, what the fuck is the NFL going to do now with a game that has so much importance hanging on to it, but now seems so irrelevant? Which is only saying that what the fuck are they going to do with this hella important game that don't mean shit at the moment? And it really blows me off because the shit that Skip Bells tweeted is the same shit that everybody on every network was talking about today. So he really just said shit 24 hours earlier. It's everything you see on ESPN and Fox and all that today was about what they're going to do, how they're going to reschedule the game. And, I, and quite frankly, I don't think they should reschedule the game. You got people talking about they should do it, you know, push the playoffs back a, a week or let the playoffs play out straight and take that week of the media availability for Super Bowl and do the game that way. I don't – look, I don't care about that game no more. As a, as a nigga who's on that team, I'm not going back to Buffalo and playing on that field. 
I'm not. I'm not finna go play on the field where my nigga just down there lost his life. Or my nigga still there. I don't even know if he gonna make it. It's still fighting for his life. You want me to go play another fucking down on the same fucking field where he lost his potentially lost his life? It ain't that damn serious, bro. Sometimes anomalies happen, bro. We had the whole fucking NBA, you know what I'm saying, uh, pandemic season where nigga it was it was games lost. They ain't play all 82 little motherfucking games, nigga. Hey, gang, hey, some sh- shit happens, nigga. Life happens. I don't think they should be that damn hard pressed to play that damn game. Now, of course, it's going to come down to playoff seed and stuff like that. But at a certain point in time, nigga, if we're in the playoffs, we're in the playoffs. Fuck it. I understand if, you know what I'm saying, it, it was under different circumstances. But I'm not going back to Buffalo if I don't have to. Fuck that. I'm not doing it. Especially if you're telling me you're going to move the game to after certain other shit play out. Nah, because now I got to worry about keeping my players healthy to get past a meaningless-ass game. Because the more this game get pushed out, the more meaningless it becomes. Because at this point, we already know Patty Mahomes is going to be number one. Fuck it. Let them just get number one. They're the big dogs anyway. If you want the Super Bowl, yeah, go through Arrowhead any fucking way. Bring that shit on. I'm not going back to Buffalo after what the fuck just happened on Monday night. It's not happening. It's something about Buffalo, B. And they released a... Uh, and released a picture. Had the Ryan Shazier hit. Um, so now he 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 all fucked up. Ryan Shazier still can't fucking walk and run. He can He still fucked up. He still fucked up. Get well soon. That nigga too. Ryan Shazier motherfucking zip. You had the tour hit earlier this year. You had fucking this hit on on uh, on Demar Hamlin, and it was some other motherfucking hit that went down in Buffalo. And it's like all these major hits is happening in Buffalo. I don't know if it's the cold-ass air. I don't know if it's that turf. I don't know what the fuck it is. But Buffalo is a dangerous motherfucking place to play, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. Because niggas be having some career-ending, career-threatening fucking injuries happening in Buffalo. And if I'm a player on the, on, on, on the Bengals, I'm not taking my ass back to Buffalo. It's not happening. You can suck my big bone dry. It's not happening, dog. So to see Skip Bayless getting some backlash about tweeting about that, it blew my mind. Because on one hand, I understand people just don't like Skip Bellis. But it's like, if niggas could fucking read, then they would clearly understand what the man was saying. It just makes me understand that in, say, in, in, in tough situations, man, people are looking for a, a villain at all times. That's the only time people, that's the only way people can, they can explain certain shit, can make sense of certain shit. They have to find a villain. Somebody has to get the blame. People blow their fucking minds. Their minds is blown. They don't have somebody to blame. When they just can't pinpoint why certain shit is happening, or they can't put uh, place their anger on somebody, they just they, they fucking lose control of themselves. And I don't think Skip Bell should have got that backlash, but I understand it. It's in the heat of the moment. Everybody act like they don't give a fuck about when they're going to reschedule the game. Bullshit. That's bullshit. I said the shit as soon as I seen the shit was uh, postponed. When it says temporarily postponed, I was like, damn, how they when they gonna play this motherfucker? That don't take away from me wanting to see this nigga DeMar Hamlin walk out the hospital smiling. I still wanna see that. But I still wanna know when the fuck they're gonna uh, reschedule this game. Because I don't feel like they should still play the game, but it's too much money involved in rapping to that game for that game not to take place. We all know that shit by now. We way past the point of thinking that the uh, NFL is just about the the the, the the health and safety protocol of the players. Fuck no, it's all about money, my nigga. That's going to be a big-time motherfucking game. 
It was on Monday, and it's damn sure gonna be a big time game if it's the only damn game that's gonna be played that weekend. Like they saying it might be if they push this shit out. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a money grab regardless. We gotta, we gotta get past that shit. So we always thinking about the rescheduling of the fucking of the game. And when you see Skip Bears come on undisputed the day after making his tweet, Shannon Sharp wasn't there. And it made me think about some shit I was already thinking about the the, the longevity of this show. Because, you know, I, I'm big on first take. I'm a, I, was, I'm a, I'm a, I was a big first take fan, and I never saw that coming to an end. When I say coming to an end, I don't think first take has been the same since Skip Bears has left. They had the whole Mass Kellerman shit. I really wasn't feeling it with Mass Kellerman. I didn't think Mass Kellerman was a debater. I felt Mass Kellerman was a radio personality, like what the fuck he's doing now. I always said Mass Kellerman was like a Colin Cowherd type nigga. He's a radio nigga. He's not a debate show type nigga. And I was right. So now you get rid of Mass Kellerman, you bring on this whole rotation crew of the Ryan Clarks, the Swagoos, the Keyshawn Johnson, the Mad Dog Russos, the Dan Orlovskis, the... Um, Et cetera, et cetera, type shit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rotation of a bunch of motherfuckers that's come on first take now to go up against Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvins and shit like that. And I still feel it was way better when Skip Bears was on there. Skip Bears and, and and young Stephen A. Them niggas was going at it. And I never saw the end of that show coming. I gotta be honest. When, I, when Skip announced he was leaving, I was like, "Fuck, why?" Type shit. So when you fast forward, and I've already seen the fallouts of numerous shows after that, and I get to Undisputed. Undisputed has only been around for about five, six years, I believe. The time fucking flies because they don't even seem like that, but it's been about five or six years already with Undisputed. And I'm noticing it's a, there's a, there's a difference in there's a difference in uh uh. uh a want factor when you look at the two people on, on, on Undisputed. People love Shannon Sharp. He's, he's the nigga. He's the man right now. Niggas love Shannon Sharp. He got past the whole uncle, the whole uncle nigga with the do-rag and smoking weed on TV. He got past the whole gimmick phase of his career. So we're now niggas just fuck with Shannon Sharp for Shannon Sharp. And we had a point in time in Skip Bayless' career to where niggas is tired of Skip Bayless. Like, niggas been tired of Skip Bayless probably for the last 10 years now, but roughly for the last year and a half, niggas been really tired of Skip Bayless. So I had already started questioning myself, when was this show going to end? When was you going to see uh, Shannon Sharp go off and do his own motherfucking thing or get with another fucking hot up and coming, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 a TV personality? When is it going to be Shannon Sharp and fucking Nick Wright type shit? Like, you already see... Certain shit is gonna happen over at FS1. You had the whole thing a couple weeks ago where Skip Bayless disrespected Shannon Sharp over the whole Tom Brady situation. We seen how that played out. Nigga Shannon Sharp took his glasses off type shit. We fast forward to this when Skip Bayless made these tweets about the whole Demar Hamlin situation. Like I mentioned, Shannon Sharp did not show up the next day. Shannon Sharp left Skip Bayless there to defend that shit by himself. Rightfully motherfucking so. Now, of course, uh, Shannon Sharp can sit back and be like, the head had a different effect on him because of his brother's situation like he did this morning. He did state those things. 
But at the end of the day, you got to be there to ride with your motherfucking account, your, your co-host. You got to do that. From all my years of watching TV and watching sports and, and, and watching reality TV, whenever there's been a host or a co-host, they ride with each other. They supposed to stick with each other through all that shit. And to see that Skip Bayless said these things on Twitter, now everybody knew that the next morning on Undisputed, it was going to be a fucking apology. I was going to be addressing those tweets. We all expected to have Shannon Sharp right there next to him. The simple fact that you didn't see Shannon Sharp right there, that that's big. That points out that this nigga didn't show up to work. <laughs> this nigga so mad, he didn't show up to work. So we all we was all waiting for this morning to see Shannon Sharp come on Undisputed and explain why the fuck he wasn't at work. Why wasn't he there to stand next to uh, Skip Bills when Skip Bills has to be in the eye of the storm with everybody coming for his job? Why wasn't Shannon Sharp right there? So when you get Shannon Sharp up there, he's about to do his monologue and, you know, explain to why he wasn't there. Skip Bills interrupted the nigga. As soon as he mentioned the whole tweet from Skip Bills, Skip did what Skip normally does. He interrupted the nigga. So we never truly got why Shannon Sharp wasn't there. Shannon Sharp didn't really put much of a fight to explain why he wasn't there. Soon as Skip interrupted the nigga, he said, all right, nigga, fuck you, man. Go ahead. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Fuck y'all niggas. Now, me personally, when I see a nigga say, all right, man, fuck y'all niggas. Y'all got it. That nigga that made his mind up. <laughs> when it come to contract uh, negotiating time, that nigga ain't fucking with Skip Bellis no more, bro. He ain't doing it. It's only so much nigga can tell. You can't keep disrespecting this man. Tom Bustle, he wasn't shitting football. He was literally the greatest tight end ever before Gronk came on. Like, Shannon Sharp been that nigga. Shannon Sharp will always be that nigga. It ain't too many tight ends niggas really give a fuck about. You got the Gronks, you got the fucking Travis Kelsey's, you got the motherfucking uh, Antonio Gonzalez, uh, you got the Antonio Gates. You got them niggas, but you got, you got Shannon Sharp, my nigga. He's a nigga that changes shit for every fucking body. So you can't keep disrespecting the man to take this to take up for a white man at that. And then you cut the nigga off. Like it, at, at a certain point in time, Shannon Sharp has to do his own thing because he's reached a certain level to where he don't need to be attached to Skip Bayless no more. When this show first started, yeah, he need to be attached to Skip Bayless because Skip Bayless was the A-side. Skip Bayless is no longer the A-side when it comes to this sports media shit. He, his leverage ain't that hot no more. You know what I'm saying? As soon as Tom Brady get the fuck up out of here, as soon as LeBron get the fuck up out of here, Skip Bellis has nothing. He's not the A-side of that show no more. So now that we're looking at it like that, I think Undisputed may, it may be it for Undisputed, bro. Like I said, it may, it may finish up the contract, but whenever it's negotiation time, I think it's over for that shit. I ain't gonna cap. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk, man. Um, but more news will come out, of course, about that uh, that situation because it's getting spicier and spicier every motherfucking week between them two niggas on, on live TV. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, but moving on, man. You know, I want to talk about something that blew my mind. You know, you know, we, we listen to music on this on this podcast, man. We used to do a lot of music takes. I used to come on here and have a lot of music segments and shit like that. Um, but I stopped doing it because I kind of listen to the same shit. I'm stuck in 2013. I'm still listening to certain artists. If it ain't Larry June, Chief Keith, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar, I don't know that shit. <laughs> Real talk. If it ain't them niggas, I don't know that shit. 
there was a nigga I used to listen to named Shy Glizzy. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you know Shy Glizzy from the D.C. area. Um, There's been some wild-ass allegations about Shy Glizzy. You know, you know, since the whole Me Too movement, I thought we would stop hearing about a lot of these niggas in the entertainment business moving nasty. You know, you got the whole Harvey Weinstein when it comes to whole actresses and, you know, the movie side things. But in straight hip-hop, I thought niggas would start moving a little bit different. You know, silly me, man. You know, to me, it's all I think hip-hop is. A lot of these niggas think they they, they getting targets some shit when they not doing shit to repeat the same dumbass mistakes that the niggas before them was making. And when you think about this nigga Shaq Lizzy, allegations are this nigga, had, he got women popping pills. He forcing women to pop pills. He's spiking drinks and shit like that. Now, I must say this before I even move forward. Because I want to play a clip from one of Shaq Lizzy's, uh, his ex, uh, one of the niggas that's from, from Glizzy Gang. That's super gay, by the way. A gang of niggas called Glizzy Gang. But <laughs> I, I'll leave it at that. Um, I want to say this because <clears throat> as I get older, fam, and as I start to, you know what I'm saying, get more mature and, and, and the crowds that I move that I move around with uh, I'm starting to realize just how common this whole spike drink shit is now I, I want to make this clear I'm not a pill popping ass nigga I, I don't do none of that shit I never popped a pill never done none of that shit I sold fucking Adderall back in college with the white kids just some little shit not even heavy do some shit I did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They didn't even know what the fuck Adderall's was at the time. And then afterwards, I found out that's like the new it thing type shit. But I'm not a pill popping nigga. I don't understand it. I don't see why people do it. You are literally a fucking dopehead popping pills. But it's the cool thing to do now. Nowadays, the dope fiends are cool now. The dope fiends are the ones with the money now. It used to be the niggas selling dope had the money. No, now some niggas that's doing the dope have the money. So I never really gave niggas kudos or thought niggas was cool because they had the fucking rockets in their hand. You know what I'm saying? The little funny shaped fucking pills and shit. And like fucking emojis. Like I never gave a fuck about none of that shit. But when I see niggas spiking women's drinks, that's wild to me. It's, I, I, can't, I can't fathom the thought process these niggas have when they think that's okay to do. When niggas think that's okay to do, it's something wrong. Lock these niggas up. Niggas always say they don't they don't wish jail on nobody. That's bullshit. I do. <laughs> Get these niggas off the streets. Get niggas off the streets. I don't want a nigga to be able to uh, walk into the same stores I can walk into. I don't want that nigga in the Chick-fil-A line behind me. I don't want to see these niggas. I don't want to have to say, excuse me, while I'm walking past this nigga at the fucking grocery store. Get these niggas off the streets. Now, of course, these are allegations. But I want to play this clip to why I fucking believe this shit, this shit so motherfucking much. Um, let me, let's, let's, let's play this right fast. Listen to this. I don't know this nigga name. It's not even important. But I want you to listen to what the fuck this nigga got say. It's a, it's a busy game nigga himself. Y'all don't remember. I swear y'all don't got the recording. I've been told y'all shot spiked them bottles. The fuck? I know he spiked them bottles. On GQ, I spiked a couple bottles with him. I spiked one with him before. The little joke, uh, 
Back in the day, I ain't gonna say no names, but we, I spiked a bottle with him before my mother. I was just spiking. I, I spiked one bottle with him before. I'm wild. I'm guilty. I ain't gonna lie. He showed me how to do it, and I did it one time. I ain't gonna lie. I can't lie. It, I didn't buy the liquor or the, or the shit to spike it with, though. He did it. He just told me how to do it real quick. Like, he just put the Molly in the Patron. I bet you it was a Patron or a 42. Wasn't no, wasn't no 42 at the time. But he'd be in position. You gotta put that shit in a dark drink and turn, stir that shit up. I swear to God, every cup. And listen to me. Any girl that ever been around Shaq Dizzy was you super duper drunk and shit, just think about it. Now you can think about it. Now this shit like the Me Too movement. Any girl that ever been around the Blizzy game, just think about when y'all got drunk. Y'all was super drunk. Like, that was the extra what drunk guy I ever did. That'll, that'll, that'll let you know right there. I swear to God, my mother. If some girls know they was in the Blizzy game, they got drunk and shit when they're like extra drunk. They don't know how. Like, it's more, it's a move, it's a Me Too movement. He been doing this shit for 10 years. I swear to God, it's at least 20 people that's gonna come out and say this shit. I know a girl personally that, did I ever tell y'all? I was on a date, me and Shy had two girls, he spiked the drink, and I ended up fucking the other girl, he ended up fucking the girl I was with, and I was mad. Man, do y'all hear this nigga? <laughs> like, do y'all hear this nigga? He, see, he's trying to snitch on Shy Glizzy, now I realize he's snitching on himself too. And this is why I believe the allegations, because ain't no way a nigga gonna make allegations towards a nigga, and then and, and fucking incriminate himself, and the shit ain't true. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say this shit is an allegation because I ain't trying to get sued or nothing like that. But this ain't the first time I came across a nigga who's, who's had these allegations on him and niggas ain't gave a fuck. I told you about the whole Charleston White shit. That nigga fucking admitted. He literally said out his own fucking mouth that him and his niggas used to rape white women. And y'all, y'all hold this nigga up to the highest regard. Y'all think this nigga hee hee ha ha funny. Y'all think this nigga's a hee hee ha ha for ribs hurting funny type shit. And y'all didn't say shit about that. So what about this nigga that's telling y'all that this nigga shot Lizzy was dropping pills and bitches drinks? So much the fact that he showed this nigga how to do. And this nigga admitted to the world he even did it once. It's a, it's a weird fucking time we in right now, man. It's a weird fucking time that we are in. So when niggas is doing this and thinking it's okay. This nigga was on live telling everybody this shit, right? And I'm looking at the fucking live comments and everybody got laughing emojis. Everybody told me some, nah, gang, you wild. What? Like, what? Wow. Nah, gang, you wild. This nigga's admitting to raping bitches. He's admitting to raping bitches. He's admitting that his homeboy was raping bitches that he knew. He's admitting that his homeboy was drugging bitches that he knew. Wow. That's what that's what just happened right there. And it ain't a, it ain't a motherfucker in the comments talking about some I'm calling the police. It ain't a motherfucker in the comments talking about got some nasty sick old motherfuckers. It's a whole bunch of gangy wildin'. Gang, gang, gang. It's a whole bunch of gang shit. Niggas laughing emojis and shit. Ain't shit funny by a nigga talking about he spiking drinks. It ain't shit funny by a nigga talking about his homeboy spiked a bitch drink and he ended up fucking the bitch. It ain't shit funny about that. Nigga, I'm calling crime stoppers on both you bitch ass niggas. Because you fucking a bitch, you know this guy a drink spike. You're not innocent, nigga. What the fuck are you talking about right now? But that's the world we live in. I'm telling you, but 2023 ain't starting off no different. I feel like every motherfucking year, I always question myself, like, yo, I wonder what this year got in store for us. It don't matter how fucked up the year that it just, it just ended was, 
the new year, smack you right across the motherfucking face with some shit. I never thought I'd sit back and see niggas openly admitting to spiking drinks and fucking bitches that's drunk, that's high off Molly. I never thought I'd see the day. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not I'm not as cool as you niggas, bro. If this is what cool is, I'm not as cool as you niggas, bro. I've never been, that's what's, I don't even want to be around a nigga that got Molly on. I don't want to be around niggas that partake in certain activities because I don't want certain shit associated with me. I can't be associated with no niggas that's spiking drinks. If you spiking busy drinks, how are you going to spike my shit? You might feel frisky one day, nigga. And I say, yo, my man, you had any one of those Gatorades right there? And you gave it to me, that mother the lid already loose. The seal don't crack when I twist that motherfucker. I'm sweating now. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. I'm sweating now. I'm taking my socks off all of a sudden. Get the fuck out of here, B. <laughs> I can't fuck with niggas, B. I can't. Because they think this shit is cool. Niggas say he been doing shit for 10, 15 years. Niggas said you ever been drinking a shot glizzy and you was super drunk. <laughs> and you just felt you was, you went home that night telling us, mm, they was pouring the fuck out them shots tonight. No, bitch. You got mollied. You got fucking, you got fucking date rape drugged. Niggas is trying to get to it. And the initial allegation video was the, was, was the white girl from the I'm So Awesome video, I think. I'm sorry, from the, uh, from the white, I forget the white girl song he got. He had the white girl in the music video, and he kept trying to get her to suck his dick. She was like, nah. So he gave her a fucking pill and kept trying to get her to suck his dick. So now that she had to run home type shit, like, I don't get niggas, bro. I, I don't get it. I would beat my dick without hesitation. I'm not putting myself in no situation to where a woman's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not putting myself in no situation to where... Nigga, any weird-ass allegations should be coming up. There shouldn't be an allegation about you spiking drinks, bro. I don't even know how you find yourself in that situation. I don't even know how you can find yourself in that situation if you're doing everything by the book. There's nothing, there, there's, there's not a fucking way. If you're doing everything by the book, that allegation should ever come out. Like, real talk. Like, like you can't even slip up into putting something in somebody's drink. You can't. So is Shy Grizzly the new Bill Cosby? Because if you if you spiking motherfuckers' drinks, it don't gotta be a quaalude for me to be like you to be you a Bill Cosby ass nigga. That's a fucking fact, Jack. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk. Um, but moving on, man. If we wrap the podcast on up, um, you know I want to talk. I want to do a little story time right fast. You know, it's a lot of times in our life, man, that. If we pay attention to the signs around us, we'll be able to read the room a lot better. You know, I remember it was, I'm out here in Arizona. I forget how many years ago this was. I think it was about at least five years ago type shit, right? And it was this chick I used to somewhat talk to. I knew she wanted to fuck with me hard, but I wasn't really into it. She wanted those ones that got cute later. <laughs> like, you know, the ones that get cute later on type shit. Like, one summer, she just bad as a motherfucker type shit. Like, it, this is one of those girls. She was a butterface, but somehow, someway, a couple months later, the bitch was beautiful. <laughs> um, but she had a house party, right? She had a house party, a little get-together and shit, and she invited me. Now, niggas that know me, no, I don't really do the whole, 
you know what I'm saying, house party type shit with motherfuckers I don't even know. Like, since Arizona, I ain't really heard mingle with motherfuckers to the point so I want to be in a house around all their friends type shit. But I say, you know what, fuck it, I'm stepping out, I'm in the city tonight. So I showed up to Shorty Crib, you know what I'm saying? In my mind, I'm thinking, it's at least going to be some badass bitches here. That's what I'm thinking. So when I get there, like I said, I don't know nobody here but the girl who's throwing the party. It's already like 70 motherfuckers here. But this ain't a party to where it's lit yet. This motherfucker still, motherfuckers like ain't saying, you can hear what people talking about type shit. Whenever you at a big ass party, you can hear people conversation. It ain't rocking type shit. So just know it's not rocking. So I ended up making my way through the crib. We ended up in the back in the backyard. And a dice game starts. Now, me personally, I'm not a dice game ass nigga. Only time you're gonna really see me gamble is if you see if you catch me in Vegas or I'm doing some sports betting shit from my phone type shit. I'm not a dice game ass nigga because I don't think I've ever heard a good story about a dice game. It's three things guaranteed in, in, in a dice game. Somebody gonna win, somebody gonna lose, and somebody gonna be pissed the fuck off. As you can guarantee those three things in the fucking dice game. So as the dice game takes place, I'm not putting no fucking money down. I'm not making no side bets. I'm not trying to catch fades. I'm not trying to do none of that shit. I, I ain't trying to see if they're gonna get points. I ain't doing none of that bullshit. I'm just I'm just spectating. But as I'm spectating, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of words, right? I'm hearing a lot of blood. I'm I'm as I I'm colorblind. But as I start to, you know, part out of the scene, I'm starting to see a lot of bandanas. Now, it's important for me to, for the people to know this about Hatch. I was jumping to a Crip game when I was in second grade. I, I, I wasn't jumped. Let me say, I, I, I had to get down from my, I got initiated to a Crip game in the second grade. I was in second grade. I had to squabble up with a nigga who was in the ninth grade. I held my own butt. You know how the story went. Nigga ended up piecing my ass up. Second grade, I got initiated to a crib gang. So I've always held firm to I'm cripping. But I'm not one of those that's putting on for the set. I ain't putting in work. None of that shit. But I am who the fuck I am. I didn't take that ass with me for nothing. <laughs> that shit is with me, nigga. <laughs> I had to squabble for mine, nigga. But as I'm in this backyard and I'm peeping game about all these niggas shooting dice and tensions is getting high. And I'm starting to hear a lot of yo, who is this nigga? <laughs> like, like, niggas is losing money, right? And you starting to see bandanas and shit. And you starting to hear a whole lot of yo, who is this nigga right here? <laughs> and I'm trying to act like I ain't hearing this shit. So I'm not looking at nobody in the eye. It's, it's like 15 niggas and all red. And I'm in this motherfucker with a with, 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 with a navy blue navy blue and black polo uh, bomber jacket on. I'm in this motherfucker thinking everything's everything. Not know this bitch got me set up with a uh, in a backyard full of blood niggas. So this is when it comes to the whole read the room type shit. So as I'm sitting back and I'm hearing this old, yo, who is this nigga? I'm looking up at the stars type shit like so that must be the big dipper. <laughs> I'm living up in the stars, thinking about the Lakers type shit, acting like I'm minding my motherfucking business. So as I'm doing this, I'm start, I'm slowly starting to be in my Iron Man shit. I'm starting to try, you know, so I'm looking at dimensions of this backyard. What's the quickest way out of this motherfucker? Is there a gate door somewhere located? Couldn't find it. 
Next thing I noticed, sure as she knew the, 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 the host of the party, she comes out to the backyard. I've never been so happy in my life. <laughs> you ever been that happy to see a motherfucker? Like, oh my God. I was like, yes, you saved me. <laughs> she comes out and she brings the rest of the party who's in the house with her. They all come outside. So I'm like, cool, even more witnesses. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm patting my pockets with my keys. I'm like, look, let me just make sure I got everything in case I got to get little one, nigga. So as I'm talking to Shorty, she's getting talking about what they getting from the store. Now, of course, I'm thinking Shorty's the host of this party. She's not going to leave nobody at her house. She's not going to leave me here with a bunch of motherfuckers I don't know. She wouldn't do that. You're wrong. <laughs> You're fucking wrong. Next thing I know, Shorty and a group of her girlfriends, they all dipped the fuck out. And I say dipped the fuck out. Keys and purses and shit was grabbed to where they dipped. So now, the only person that I knew here, the owner of this fucking house, the, the throw of this party, is gone. Me, being the St. Louis nigga, being the only crip nigga in this fucking backyard, is in the backyard field with 35 blood niggas who I do not know, who's already questioning who the fuck I am. <laughs> do you understand? Do you see where this is going? Do you see where this is going? I was set the fuck up and I didn't even fucking know. I'm thinking Shorty wouldn't just give me some ass. No, she can't give me a motherfucking blood pounding. I'm finna get pounded by a bunch of buds. I'm finna get pounded by these niggas. And I know why this is happening while I'm playing fucking the, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm being fucking a detective. You know what I'm saying? All this is going down. I'm still hearing niggas slapping them fucking dice up against the wall and niggas getting hit for their bread. I'm still hearing niggas huffing and puffing and I'm still seeing more and more niggas step by this nigga who asked me who the fuck I was. That's what the fuck is happening to me. <laughs> so the goal point in time, it's not about being big no more. It's about realizing it's a lot of fucking hands over there. I can only dodge so many punches. I can only weave so many. Somebody's going to connect eventually. I'm going to get pummeled. <laughs> so, as you know what I'm saying, the only way I got is another motherfucker pulled out. He, he, I guess the nigga that was hitting their ass on the dice he started he, he start balling on their ass hard. He put out even more money type shit and started going to work on them niggas even more. I ended up slipping out the fucking back gate and I took my ass on to the next destination. My whole point of the story is niggas got to read the room. Because if you don't read the room, you never know when niggas is really plotting on you to get to fuck you up. If I just would have been the same old niggas who was chasing ass that night, I would have got to line the fuck up. I would, I would, it would have been a pummeling fucking session on hash that night. Because uh, that whole night, the only reason why I went there is because I knew Shorty, she liked me, and I knew I could potentially get some ass that night. And for me, chasing some ass almost got me fucking fucked up. Either I would have got fucked up pretty bad, or who knows? 35 blood niggas who got attitude problems, probably got shot. <laughs> I probably got fucking shot, B. I'm just being real. I'm just being honest. I probably got shot that night. Cause I'm not going out like no bitch. Niggas, yeah, niggas get the swing and I gotta put at least four niggas down for 35 of them. But in the midst of that, I'm getting my ass whooped by somebody type shit. 
So you just gotta read the room, man. I really feel like I saved my own life that night. Because like I said, surely the surely I came there for left me with niggas I didn't know. With niggas who was clearly gang related. With niggas who was clearly wondering who the fuck I was. <laughs> it just wasn't no normal night out in the town. <laughs> like she was about to get active on the nigga. But it's all about reading the room, man. And then and when I think about the whole takeoff situation, yeah, dice game. He wasn't the nigga shooting dice. Niggas was arguing. And he didn't get out of there. Takeoff had walked away. I mean, all, uh, Quavo walked away. Takeoff didn't. We know the end of that story, right? Takeoff gets shot the fuck up. It's all about reading the room, man. A lot of times before bad shit truly happens, you have that moment in time to get the fuck up out of there. There's been so many times in my life where some bullshit happened to me. And, I, and it's, the anger has been compounded above that because I had the opportunity to take myself out of that situation. And I did. This night at this dice game with these blood niggas was truly one of the very few times in my life to where I had a fucking that so raven moment and was like, nah, <laughs> let me get the fuck up out of here. That pussy can't be that good. And I feel like I also feel like it saved me either a hospital visit or save my motherfucking life. Because we know how this shit go. We know how the West Coast get. This West Coast shit ain't it ain't like it ain't like you think it is if you ain't been out you ain't been out here. This shit can get this shit can get wicked. Real up me fast, man. So uh it's all about reading the room, man. All my all my friends in the show, man, read the fucking room. It can save your life. Because if you're not paying to see your surroundings and what the fuck is going on, you could be end, end up on a motherfucking shirt. Or you could end up as an Instagram post. How about that? <laughs> you don't want that, my nigga. Real talk. Um, moving on, man. Before we wrap the podcast on up, I want to talk about some shit that I've been seeing on TikTok lately. It's been a weird-ass trend. Um, people are, have a, a been exposing their body count. Like, it don't start with women, like, with the alphabet. They probably X's next to a nigga ain't even fuck with that, with that initial. Now you got women just flat out putting the numbers out with a fucking PowerPoint. Like, it's just like slideshows and shit of niggas ain't even fuck. How many times, how many styles, what a meter man type shit was like big, big. It's a whole bunch of weird shit going on TikTok right now. And as many ways I can look at this, right? I, I, I can come over here and talk about how, how nasty and trifling motherfuckers is. You can fuck 200 motherfuckers in one year, bitch. Are you serious? But I have to think about it, man. People are living their lives, right? Now, as somebody who thought they was getting a nice amount of ass, <laughs> like, I can say, but I, I, I've never fucked 50-something people in one year. I don't look, man. Look, man. <laughs> Let me say this, man. Wow. Let me say this before I get up out of here. As a kid, I thought having a high body count was something. I, you know, as, as, a, as a young nigga, I was like, man, if you, you fucking all them bitches, you, you man type shit. But as I got older and I made my way around the block, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I had sex with multiple women. I don't want my body count to be super crazy. 
Because I'm seeing all these people share this shit. How many people they sleeping with? How often? How many different partners? How many people they didn't even know? I'm saying how people meet people at swingers clubs and shit like that. I never hear people talking about getting checked for STD. I never hear it. And this could be because, look, I've said it before in this podcast. I'm a nigga that got, I had caught the clap from a bitch. She clapped me up. I, I put my trust in the wrong motherfucker. Bitch gave me the clap. So maybe that's why my thought process on this shit is totally different now. Because I can't even see how motherfuckers could, could, could uh, um, you know, brag about fucking 50 something people in one year. I was like, if you got a porn store, my nigga, you shouldn't be fucking that many people. It ain't that, it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep, but I'm be honest with you. It ain't that deep. When you see the, the results of how much HIV is out here now, the, uh, the, the, the test scores for HIV is higher than ever now. STD is fucking out the wazoo right now. Like, I'm taking to the point where I'm getting tested at the STD place and they telling me how much for me normal the clap is now. They like, that shit's so normal now. They don't even trip off that shit. They don't even want to prescribe niggas medicine for that shit no more. Like, everybody's done her fucking boy. It's, it's, a, it's a wild time, dog. It's a wild time. Like, it, we getting we getting closer and closer to, to, to the wild, wild west, my nigga. Like, motherfuckers is out here just fucking and don't give a fuck. They don't care who they fucking. They don't even know what they fucking nowadays. I just seen a clip on TikTok about a woman talking about she got a dick now. Like, it's, it's a lot of shit going on, B. Nasty bitch. <laughs> it's a lot of shit going on. Like, niggas don't even know what they fucking. You don't know if that's a transgender. You don't know what the fuck is going on, bro. It's a lot of wild, weird shit going on, man. Every fucking, every, every day, we getting closer and closer to that underground rave world shit becoming the everyday norm. All this sex and bondage and, you know what I'm saying, all this bullshit, that shit come everyday normal shit now, bro. And motherfuckers just sharing their body count, their sex partners, like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. Like I said, my body count, nah, nah, I ain't trying to have no... I ain't trying to fuck a hundred women in my lifetime. I'm just not. I ain't trying to do that. I ain't even trying to do that because these bitches be having that shit. I ain't trying to do that. I'm trying to live a, a healthy life. <laughs> I want a healthy mindset, B. Fuck that because once you kiss some shit, it ain't nothing like kissing some shit, boy. You, your whole mind is fucked. Your whole mind is fucked. And I can't go through that shit again no more. Nah, not me. <laughs> not that, <I>, boss. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk, man. Uh, but that's all I got on this week's episode, man. Very short uh, week, very short episode for you, boy. Um, I do want to make an announcement. Um, it's been something I've been thinking about um last couple months. Um, I didn't want to commit to it, but you know, when it comes to this podcast, shit, man, I, I want to take this podcast to heights that I could, uh, I can only imagine. You know, so I want to be the number one podcast for doing this shit. I want to be a nigga that's bringing home the awards. I want to bring. I want to be a nigga that's that's known for this shit. Um, we already starting the year off right. Um, being reached out by more local magazines that want to feature me and things of that nature. So we got more interviews uh, that's going to be featured in magazines coming very very soon. Um, gotta get some pictures and shit taken for that um, in the next couple of days. So uh, we got that coming very very soon. Um, but also, I want to take this to, to to a height that not, not, even I didn't think I can reach. Um, and the way I can do that is by working even harder. Um, the grinding 100 was a fucking was hard as fuck doing 100 straight weeks. Um, but I want to challenge myself to even make it even harder. 
So what we're going to do is we're going to release two episodes a week. Um, we'll record on Wednesdays. We're going to record on Saturdays as well. So episodes will drop on Thursdays and Sundays of every motherfucking week. I will repeat that. There will be two episodes going forward in 2023 and to, you know, whenever the fuck I don't want to do it no more. But going forward for the rest of the year, we will be doing two episodes a week. We're releasing every Thursday and every Sunday. Visuals will drop for, for the uh, for the Thursday episodes on Friday, and we will try to get the uh, Sunday episodes to release visually on Monday. Um, it's all about grinding, bro. You got to work hard if you really want to reach the motherfucking the, uh, the top. So um, I feel like I'm not working hard enough to reach the goals that I had set for myself. Um, and it's hard work, dedication, bro. Ain't nobody going to put the work in for you. So um, we reached 100 episodes very motherfucking fast. I anticipate reaching 200 episodes even motherfucking faster, man. So going forward, I will repeat this once again. Uh, we release the two episodes every week now. Every Thursday we will drop and every Sunday we will drop. Thursdays and Sundays are for the thin line between Jason and Sandy podcast, man. You already know how the fuck we rock. Um, but with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, um, you know what? I will say this. On those, on those Sunday episodes that drop, um, I'm going to try to um, make those um, the live episodes. I want to get back to recording live and things of that nature. So um, I think I'm on those uh, Sunday episodes that are going to be dropping. I want to make those the more live stream episodes. Uh, possibly where I bring more, you know, bring guests on things like that. But I do want to do the, make those larger episodes to try to blend it in with engaging with the audience a little bit more. It was fun doing that shit, so I want to bring that back around this time. So Sundays, um, majority of those will be live recorded. We can join a live stream and things of that nature, uh, comment things like that while we're doing a live show. And I can bring you guys on to the motherfucking show. Uh, but with that being said, man, go and jump my motherfucking music, man. <laughs> whole lot of shit going on, man. You ain't not good from this side, man. Never let them such it with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay safe. And how I shot next week, man. We out this motherfucker. Peace. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. That two episodes a week shit. That's gonna be a motherfucking bitch. <laughs> that's gonna be a bitch, man. But I want this shit, man. I truly do. I truly want to take this shit to a to a to a level that not even thought I thought was possible. And to do that, I gotta put in the fucking work on some Kobe shit. So uh it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting run, man. It's gonna be a very interesting run, man. So I will say I'll see y'all next week, but see y'all next episode type shit, man. We out this motherfucker. Peace. Welcome to Raw is OG. Alright, man, you know the fuck that nigga.